In the Gospel of Luke today, we hear the canticle of Mary recited in its scriptural context. This is said or sung every evening by priests and religious and others who dedicate themselves to praying the Liturgy of the Hours each evening in Vespers. Mary's canticle, also called her Magnificat, is her beautiful response to the greeting she received from her cousin Elizabeth when she entered the house of Zechariah. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. It is again commanding us to be joyful, to rejoice, to exalt in everything that has God has done for us, just as he did for Mary. But it's important to understand the context of this rejoicing. Let's face it, Mary is a woman not yet married who is pregnant. She is betrothed to Joseph. But at this point, Joseph is still struggling with the idea that Mary is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And so if we backed up a few lines from Mary's Magnificat, we would read, During those days, Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Set out and traveled to the hill country in haste. This was not a pleasant social call so that Mary and Elizabeth could exchange maternity notes. This was a difficult and dangerous journey, especially for a young, pregnant, unmarried woman. Mary was trying to escape the prying eyes of her fellow Galileans who would question the legitimacy of her pregnancy. Yet Mary, despite the difficult personal circumstances that she found herself in and the danger that this unexpected pregnancy had brought into her life, she rejoiced. Rejoiced because she realized that despite the outward circumstances, her salvation was at hand. The Messiah was coming. She could say, from this day, all generations will call me blessed. Despite the fact that right then, almost anybody else, besides perhaps a few people who understood Mary's innate holiness, would have labeled her a harlot or a prostitute. This joy that Mary proclaimed was probably not something that she felt on the ordinary level of happiness. Instead, it was her deeper confidence that she knew whatever happens to me, and of course she didn't know how everything was going to turn out at this point, she knew that she had been touched by God. She knew that the world had changed because the Messiah was coming. That's not to say that her joy was forced or that it was a facade, but it derived from her supernatural faith rather than from her natural circumstances. One of the difficulties that all of us will face in this life is the fact that we have committed sins. And if we have a properly formed conscience, we will regret those sins. Even when the penalty of the sin has been removed by the sacrament of confession, we know that oftentimes our sins have practical consequences that don't necessarily go away because God has forgiven the sin itself. This is different than scrupulosity. That's a condition that some people have where they have trouble accepting the fact that God has truly forgiven their sins, despite their having made a good confession. But for those of us who sometimes struggle with the reality of sin, even after we have confessed, 
One of the things that we can take comfort in, perhaps, when we feel the weight of our sins even after confession, is to remember that although Mary herself did not sin, she certainly felt the weight of the world on her shoulders. Not just in the passage here in her flight to visit Elizabeth, but throughout her life, she experienced the difficulties of living in a fallen world, as did Jesus himself. Of course, we remember these passages or those moments, particularly in the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary, those moments where Jesus suffered and Mary, too, suffered along with him. And it's interesting to note that at the time of Jesus's life, there were many Marys in Palestine. You can see this, of course, even in the New Testament. There are many, many women who are referred to as Mary. And this, in fact, derives from the fact that Herod the Great, the ruler who tried to kill the infant Jesus, he had had earlier in his life a wife who was named Mary. She was a Jewish woman. Yet when he became dissatisfied with her, he had her put to death. And she was, in fact, the end, her death signaled the end of the Hasmonean dynasty, a royal line in Israel. So many of the Jews, many even of the common Jews, took or gave the name Mary to their daughters as a sign of protest, a sign of protest against Herod and the fact that they had to live under Herod's rule. And so we have to remember that even Mary in her life was marked with suffering, despite the fact that she did not sin. And so we turn to Mary because of her assumption. Not, of course, because we can identify with her in our sins, but because we identify with her in the fact that as a follower of Jesus, she was so close to him that, of course, when he had ascended to heaven, it was natural that she would follow too. Because as his mother, she shared Christ so closely in this life. She nurtured him. She carried him in her body. She raised him from being a small boy. And of course, she was identified with him even in his suffering. And so it was only natural that she would be caught up with him into heaven at the end of her earthly life. She is the model that we are all meant to follow. It's interesting that in 1950, when Pope Pius XII proclaimed the dogma of the Assumption, that there was a Swiss psychologist who was famous at the time, Carl Jung, and he was, in fact, an atheist. But he looked out at the world that he saw. He saw a broken world. He saw a world that had suffered through two world wars, through the Great Depression, the Holocaust, and now was on the verge of destruction, perhaps, as the Cold War heated up and the possibility of nuclear annihilation haunted the world. And although he himself was not a believer, in fact, he saw in the dogma of the Assumption the only hope for mankind. He held that the dogma of the Assumption was a model that we could understand that the glory and destiny of human beings is to be caught up into heaven, that we too can be purified of our sins and made whole in the heavenly kingdom.